Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. How's it going, fellas? How's it going, everybody? Going quite well. Quite well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so, the, I mean, not a huge uh, legacy news week, obviously. Uh, Dominaria is is legal in, in all formats, but uh, not really seeing much of a change to the format. So we should kind of go in and, uh, you know, sort of as a litmus test talk about uh the current like uh the current meta what's the current meta look like yeah we can start by mentioning that phil's leaving in two days right for yeah i leave for london on the first so you have to make some decisions now on what you're going to bring with you right yeah i i have decided that the most practice that i've gotten with is uh esper mentor so i will be jamming that but i'm going to be jamming uh, I think a heavier Snapcaster build. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm, as I, the things that I've noticed recently, it seems, is, one, I'm also super fearful of more Chalice decks. I think of all the Dominaria cards, the biggest player to come out of that that's going to affect the Eternal formats is Karn. And I think that if anybody was thinking about potentially bringing a Chalice prison deck of any kind, that... Now there is the time that they're giving it a shot, and I I honestly do think that Karn is real. I think Karn yeah. is super real. Uh, I mean, we haven't had any major tournaments for that to like be very very clear yet, but I don't think there's going to be any doubt about it. I think that card is going to be a mainstay. Expect to face him at some point throughout the during the tournament. Um, so I've noticed that, and then I've also noticed uh, there seems to be people taking a real big liking to Liliana, the Last Hope. So yeah. if that mm-hmm. that card is starting like it started as like a, a a sideboard card, then it became like a one-one split. I now see people just moving to a couple of copies in the main. And if that's like a card that you're gonna see a lot more often, then I don't like. I was all about Baleful Strix, and I think the card is still very good. Obviously, like Baleful Strix is still just like a solid role player. Uh, but I don't like it in a field where if you're going in and you're expecting a lot of Grixis Delver and Pile, that both those decks are going to be jamming anywhere from one to two Liliana of the Last Hope. I don't want them to just get a free roll on their uptick on my Baleful Strix, uh, since you're usually planning on having your Baleful Strix hold down the fort. So uh, I have decided to move heavier into Snapcaster builds to combat both of those things. Now, I know you're saying, why would you just side... Why would you swap an X1 for an X1 if the target is against Lily and things like Karn? And it's because I'm just going to move towards things that I can have in the board that can beat those things. Uh, and the things that come to mind are that we've tried are like things like Vindicate. Uh, I've been very high on Celestial Purge. Oh, yeah. Uh, so- I love Celestial Purge. So Celestial Purge <laughs> doubles in that it can, in those matchups, you can just bring it in as a free roll because it takes out Gurmag. Deathrite, and any of the Black Planeswalkers that they would have. Uh, it also can deal with 
you know, the, the Strixer if you need to, but it also can deal with a Leo. It's not the best, but, I mean, it's just as good as a removal spell. And against Red well, Prison, it deals with Chandra as well. And it deals Blood with Moon, Chandra. So it deals with Chandra. Attack. deals with Blood Moon. Like, there's a lot of applications for it. And so I'm essentially trading my Hydro Blast that I had, playing that, having that, and those types of effects means that I can, I, I want to move a little bit more into Snapcasters. Um, and then the... The uh, other count on the on moving into it is then it also means that I can uh, change up my spell count a little bit in the in the main deck. So yeah. uh, I become a little bit weaker against um, uh, essentially like just faster decks because I don't have just the pit stop of uh, putting a Strix in the way. Mm -hmm. But then I'm with the additional Snapcasters, I just feel like I can grind better. And I feel like I'm, the deck is already very well suited against Grixis Delver, assuming that you don't run into too many Planeswalkers like that. So you have to be prepared mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. But it's an absolute joke against Pile. Like, yeah. Esper Ventor cannot beat Pile. So moving into cards that don't necessarily change up your efficiency, because you can still just make your Snapcasters Silvergill Adepts off your probes. Um, and you can kind of free roll that against Pile, because they don't really clock you all that fast. And then... Uh, having things like Celestial Purge deal with a bunch of their um, cards. I was actually thinking of Liliana's Defeat for a while. I was trying Ooh. that out. But then the reason that I decided to go with Purge is, one, it's an instant, and two, it's another card you can board in against Merit Lage to condense some slots. Right, exactly. I, I think, you know, now that you mention it, I had played uh, Celestial Purge when I played that Bant deck, and it was just insanely good. Um, people don't expect it, first of all. Uh, two, it, it gets around Chalice, which is does matter. Uh, three, it, it can kill a Blood Moon, which is, you know, it, it kills a Blood Moon and like these things that really shut you down, like Blood Moon and Liliana. It's also like the, the matter that it's like it, that it's instant speed, you know, because like if they can, if you're going to be playing against decks that can instant speed Merit Lage, then you have to be able to respond at instant speed. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's funny that you mentioned that like once uh, I forget if it was standard or modern, but I was like it was in Pharaoh, so it must have been uh, modern. I had brought there's like a white card from Pharaohs that's like exile target white permanent for one and a white. And at the time, uh, I was I needed it in modern and I forget what I was looking what I was looking to hit. That was a white permanent. Uh, but I tried to cast it on their turn. They're like, no, that's actually a sorcery. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, this is way this effect is way worse when it's not an instant. <laughs> but yeah. 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 I mean, like the instant speed I think is definitely worth the mana. Uh, you also know that... At oh, least Voice of Resurgence was the card I was trying to kill. That, that's what I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least I know for in main board with Esper Mentor, you, you, the worst card in your deck is Basic Planes in the main board. Yeah. Um, because, or at least it was. So back before when I was playing multiple Strix, you would like you want to be going into a blue source into a black source, or vice versa. Your first two... You, do, you never really want a white source unless you have to remove... A must deal with creature off a of source to plowshares, but you're usually fetching up a black source and a blue source on your first two turns. Moving mm -hmm. away from Strix means that you can get around that. The me moving away from Strix though means I'm also moving away from Unearth. Even though I like Unearth, um, I I like Unearth being able to rebuy your Strix that you're looking to trade. Now with the other cards, you're they're going to be removing them, but you're not actively trying to trade them off. Yeah. So it becomes more of a reactive card rather than a proactive card, and that's not really where the deck wants to live. Well, uh, you know, with with you heading off to Birmingham uh, for for the Grand Prix, we should probably talk about what the meta actually looks like right now. Yeah. Oh, and just uh, so 
when you guys are listening, we always have our shared screen now where we're looking at decks and we're looking at percentages and things like that. And uh, we just had a Miracles list up that was showing a Karanos main board. Karanos seems to be picking up as a Miracles um, uh, finisher. Uh, that's been seeing more play. I've been noticing that more often in Miracles decks. And Celestial Purge is your way of dealing with that. Yeah, Nate, uh, Nate's uh, uh, embrace buddy the was bay. playing it for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we gotta embrace deck... debate. We gotta hold on. We gotta do embrace debate first. Is it Karanos or Karanos? I go with Zach. Karanos. I but say I'm, Karanos. I'm from Ohio I'm... though, so who knows? Karanos. <laughs> Karanos. I, I think it's Karanos. That's okay. It's probably. I, I was... <laughs> it's also like, they wanted ask, it. To... Ask someone in Astoria, Phil. They wanted it to be Kalitas. It's Kalitas. Yeah, I get that. It's... I, I agree Look, with, it... We're on that. They designed it to be Kalitas, but nobody nobody says it that way. Yeah, uh, but for um, at least in the miracles, like so, this particular thing, miracles now it seems like they have to go back to the red splash. So if they are going to be bringing in blood moons and also have Karanos, then all of a sudden celestial purge is just a card that you get to have against them, mm-hmm. which is really now, weird. Hold on and a super second, narrow, let's but... talk about this. This is a first place from today's Star City Games Classic, right? This guy, this person won, and I wonder why they went back to the red build. Do you have any insight on that? Uh, looking at the sideboard, it seems like, if I were to guess, he got a lot of leverage out of those Pyroblast Blood Moons. Yeah. Uh, and then if he was playing a super long grindy game, all of a sudden having your both Entreat and your Karanos as your win conditions on top of your Jaces uh, makes it... And and that list is not playing uh, any Caracas either. It looks like no back to basics. Yeah. yeah well, sorry, I mean, back to basics is obviously bad bad with uh, Caracas anyhow, but it, it obviously is not very good with Blood Moon either. So right. I mean, I mean, yeah. he he's he's not in on back to basics anywhere in the seventy five. Yeah. No. So he moved no. to more threats. He's playing a Caranos. He's playing two click. Uh, he is only on one search for Ascanta. Doesn't look like he's, he's back got to... any. Uh, any counterbalances in the deck? No, people are. This moving. is a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, this is really interesting. This is like a throwback with the four portents, no preordains. But here it is, first place. Uh, here's the rest land. of that tournament. 19. Yeah, here's the rest of that tournament. So he played sneak and show in the finals, which means that the like you said, the pyroblast probably went a long oh, yeah. way there. Um, and then there's another miracles deck in fourth place. That one Back to has a main and deck pass. Main deck path, main deck back to basics, two counterbalance, and a main deck Gideon, but only three threats other than I've, the, I've like been just gotten Gideon lately. Red splash. Yeah. No red splash for Thomas. Yeah. I, I've been playing Gideon uh, main deck for, for a little while, and, and it feels it feels pretty great to just slam that down and, and watch other decks just be like, oh, no. He's also way harder on the back to basics plan because he's got oh, yeah. one in the main, but then he moves into three out of the board. Oof. Three out of the board is, is a lot. Yeah. Or he, he's bringing in two, uh, nope. so he's going up to three. Yeah, I'm sorry. Three total. I'm sorry. Note the yeah. note the uh, spell pierce main too. That's a that's a Delver card, buddy. I well, guess spell pierce is... actually yeah, spell pierce gets better with back to basics. Oh yeah, no doubt. I'm just I'm just <laughs> like wow, you know, like that's that's a card that I generally don't see outside of a Del- outside of Delver decks. You know, like spell pierce is like you know specifically for those mana denial days decks. You know. Hmm. Let's talk. This is this is today's. Uh, this is we're looking at the Star City uh, Legacy Classic from Atlanta. Let me see if I can find the number of players. There was some pretty interesting stuff in it in terms of uh, uh, like decks that did well. There was it was not it was not oversaturated. You know, we can't find the uh, total number of players here because they don't have the 
they don't have the um the standings list posted to the site like they usually do. Um, it's probably it's it's a fair amount, you know. Yeah, there was a, there was a there were legacy players there because there was a team tournament. You should there also three... note that the, the the guy who won though his miracles list four main deck snapcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the normal the three, card. and and he's playing and he's playing uh, click. As well, like I said, this and this version has no, you know, no uh, Caracas to get that extra value off your click, which is a, a little surprising. But I think I think that people are moving away from Caracas as as a whole and just finding other ways to beat uh, Reanimator. Well, I just I don't know. This is just like Snapcaster Mage is subtly busted, and like he's just gonna recycle all of his best cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are all <laughs> the, all of these magic cards in this deck. Love me a good wonderful, click too. You know. Yeah. Um, I wonder too if that if he started at four snapcaster or if he got there because every snapcaster that you add, it it kind of is a condensed sideboard slot. You know, it's like he's playing two pyroblasts, but with four snapcaster, if you find one, then oh, yeah. once you found one, you've it, it's a, it, you're more or less going to have found two. Yep. Yeah, this is a very streamlined miracles deck. He's got four terminus, two supreme verdict, two. I'm not surprised this person Dakota caught and finished first first um, in this tournament. Uh, the rest of the top eight, so we had Miracles, Sneak and Show, one and two, Grixis, Delver, Miracles, three and four, uh, fifth, Punishing Maverick, sixth, Death and Taxes, seventh, Regular Maverick, eighth, Grixis, Delver. So we got two Grixis, Delver in the top eight, which I don't think is that big a deal. We also have two Maverick decks in the top eight. Let's check out this Punishing Maverick deck. A Grixis, Delver player also just missed on ninth. Yeah, Grixis, Delver player is in ninth, um, and then Belcher is in tenth. Uh, real quick, oh. let's count up the number of, uh, Deathrite Shamans in this top eight. What are there, 11? Four, eight. And there were only well, three in the in the Maverick list. Uh, and there would be 15. Wow, or, uh, 15? I don't think 15 is that much. Four, eight, 12, 16, 20 brainstorms, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and there's also, like, a decent amount of just Thalia's. I mean, so I guess this you, you look at this list, like you look at the classic. I mean, I get that the classic is more or less a small sample size because you have a lot of players playing the main. Storm is nowhere to be seen. Mm. Uh, nope. Well, there's two Belcher decks, 10th and 15th. There's <laughs> there your you Storm go. decks. Yeah, <laughs> Belch, Belcher gotcha. is Belcher's glass cannon. So, and if you look like Belcher can have a good outing here because if you look at these decks, uh, half of them. Fifty percent of them are not force of will decks. Like this, this classic seemed like a nice spot for yeah. the Belch people. Shout out to Michael Dunn for playing a stomping ground, though. That's 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 sweet. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> is this Russian foil stomping ground? Is the yeah, question. Dude. That's great. Um, this reanimator deck is the black red version, mm-hmm. and what this thing says, Abzan Deathblade, is actually it's actually another Maverick deck. So you've got three Maverick decks here in the top sixteen. One of them is the Punishing Fire version, which does not play Thalia main. He said, double-checking that. Yes, it doesn't play Thalia because that's not really good with your Punishing Fire. Um, but it's interesting to see Maverick doing a little bit better uh, since it since people since it's sort of like uh, top eight at the Grand Prix. I feel like people are like, oh yeah, I can. People I can are bring trying. This. Yeah, and, they're bringing it yeah, out. People are trying it more. And we got a Merfolk um, deck in the in the top uh, sixteen as let's well. Let's look at this Merfolk deck. Yeah. This is a four four chalice, two copter, two days Merfolk deck. The the main I mean the main parts as as a person who's to play Merfolk, the main things I look for in a Merfolk deck are whether or not they're playing uh uh days or chalice. And this one's actually playing both, which is pretty interesting. 
Um, and then uh, the number of Phantasmal images they're playing. I like to play two. Uh, this this one's got three. Um, you'll note that there are no uh, Regeries in this deck. Well, he's got the Smuggler's Copter sort of in that, yeah, in that yeah. slot. Um, and he's got a mainboard GTA. I think so. I like mainboard GTA a lot. Um, I, I, I had moved to one right before I stopped playing the deck. Look at this thing. One yeah. Hash and Rider yeah, man. in the sideboard. That's, that's the way to do one, it. One Wasteland, one Wasteland main, one Wasteland side. That's surprising. Two back-to-basics side. I guess I guess you just if you're going to play wasteland and and dazed like that's a, that's its own thing but like it's interesting that like this guy kind of like hedged on either side of this because you generally don't play wastelands in the chalice of void version of the deck um so you just play more manlands um but yeah. this, it looks like that he he went with more islands uh cuz normally you play like eight manlands yeah, you um, play Mistress Factories too. Yeah, you play do Factories we, as well. Do we expect to see just the, a huge influx of Merit Lage? Is Merit Lage just going to like pop up in bigger numbers? But let's look at let's look at this. Here's what we have from the team tournament. Day two metagame breakdown. Now this is the team tournament. There's lots of problems with that um, data. But let's just I want to mention this. So it's eight Grixis Delver decks, which is uh, out of 28 teams or so whatever. It's like almost 30 percent, which is a lot. There's not a single check pile deck on here though. The next big, the next highest deck, four turbo depths, mm-hmm. and then three miracles. I played on stream against turbo depths five times in a row. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And guess what's not good against turbo depths? Squee food chain. No, not, not good. <laughs> no, yeah. not good at all. It was either four or five. Times. I mean, I don't this, remember. It was. This looks pretty. Uh you know, uh, telling as far as the, 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 like, this looks just like what the top eight, uh, looks like right now, as far as like the top eight most played like legacy decks. Yeah. Hex Mage Depths is now the third highest played deck or tied for third tied for. Yeah. So according to MTG Goldfish, which we use because it's the nicest site, not because we think it's the best data, but because it's there, uh, Grixis Delver is in number one, uh, check piles, number two, and then tied for third, all at, 4.80% are these decks. Hexmage Depths, Reanimator, Elves, and Miracles. That's an interesting... That's interesting to me. Like, these are not... Like, you've got you've got one of these, like, sort of blue fair decks, and then, like, one deck that I think preys on the top two decks, and then these two sort of fast all-in combo decks. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty, like, I think one of the other things we should point out is that is that you're looking at 4.8% versus versus 9.07 versus 16.8, but that's, to, to give you a number to, like, kind of sink your teeth into, uh, the, the um, third place decks are 18 decks showed up. Uh, the first place deck, Grixis Delver, 63 decks. That's, I mean, that's that's a wide berth of, uh, of information there. Like, it gives you a lot of information as far as what people are playing. And this is basically the online metagame. Well, Grixis Delver's just way ahead, which yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we already knew that, right? Um, and then uh, uh, and the... we should also say that uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils and Mono Red make up uh, 7th and 8th. Uh, yeah, and there's a, there's a tie. Oh, you just have this very interesting... Wow, meta game to me of force decks and then force check decks <laughs> and then yeah. chalice the void decks, which is you know I think that's sort of what the what the um what the format is right now, which is you know you can go either way, but that's what to expect, Phil. So 
Going into it, though, see, if I was you, Phil, I'd be somewhat happy to take Mentor to this. Like, I felt that Mentor was good against Grixis Delver, the Depths decks, and the Reanimator decks. Elves was kind of a toss-up, depending on what kind of draw you had. And Miracles was also kind of a toss-up. And then I thought it was okay against Storm. So the only I mean, one I'd be really against, scared of is Mono Red Prison. <laughs> I played against zero Elves last time I took it. But I can tell you that the uh, the card that was just an all-star all weekend was Zealous Persecution. And I have no reason to believe that it's not also going to just do insane work again. Well, it's also, yeah, and if, you, if the thing about Zealous Persecution... With, against elves with snap with the extra snapcaster mages is that you just you keep hitting it the elves can play through getting their board wiped otherwise they would not survive at all um because everyone knows how to wipe their board but the fact that you get the snapcasters elves and it's so mana efficient um is really good and even swords is good against them just because it hits everything that you need to worry about and you can snapcaster that back as well basically if they don't have a creature in play you're okay yeah it's I think hard everybody, everybody should go in if you are affected by Chalice, you should have at least one main deck way to deal with it. That costs more than one mana. That that <laughs> isn't fighting for it on the stack. Like I think you should have um at, at least one main decked way to deal with a resolved Chalice. I've been playing one Abrade in Rug Delver. I've played a couple leagues with Rug Delver recently. I've been playing the Abrade main, and it's just really good. It's good a lot of times, but it's still hard to beat a chalice. Um, even once I board into like Ancient Grudge and Destructive Revelry as well. Um, I'm just the the fact that I played against Dark Depths so many times is what was irritating, but also like, you know, this deck is really good. <laughs> uh, it just tears your hand apart with the discard, and then you can't really interact with them with discard, which is weird. So, like, discard is usually a way you would fight a combo deck. But if you're playing, like, a black deck, you just can't fight against this deck with discard because you can't discard their lands. I'm seeing this and they have in so the much... deck uh, Into the North. What is Into the North? Into the North, one in the green sorcery. Search your library for a Snowland card and put it into play tapped. Oh, all right. And that's why you play Snow-Covered <laughs> Basics and a Dark, a dark Depths is a dark Snowland. Dark Depths is a Snowland, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, um, looking at this deck, you see, like the pieces to me. This strikes me as just where combo players went. You know, you you you're, you have your discard, and then you're just mono tutors and mana. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's you wouldn't think that by looking at it, but it, that's a very astute way of looking at it. You even and look at your sideboard here. You've got this sort of quad laser sideboard. You got four decay, three surgical extraction. You know that hits certain things. I will say that I've watched. Oh, it's really just like who draws the most spirit guides. Say what you just said again. Yeah, say it again. Sorry, did you, am I back? Yep, you're back. Yeah, I say I I've watched the mirror with this deck, and it's not as intricate as, for example, the storm mirror. It's no. basically who gets the most spirit guides. It's like a game of limited. <laughs> um, but but yeah, look at these finishes for it on the side here. Well, there's some sort of problem up here, but uh, like. Six, a bunch of six and ones, five and twos, the legacy challenge. This is eight in the last legacy challenge at five and two or better. Yeah, that's, it should, that's it should also be noted that uh, Sajiri's step is now just a mainstay that's just here to stay. So when you're playing against the deck, be very, very conscious that off a of crop rotation, they can instant speed counter your removal spell. Yeah, well, yeah. this is the, the deck in this case. 
like what's the best way to beat this deck? So there's three angles you can take to beat a combo deck, right? Counter magic, discard, and Blood permanence. <laughs> yeah. Blood Moon's probably up there, honestly, with probably one of the best ways to hat with to beat it, which is probably why you see more Blood Moons. Back to basics isn't even that good here. Um I mean back to basics would be good against this deck if you got it down, but all they have to do is make a vampire hex mage. And uh you still can't beat a you know, you still have to beat a merit lage. The Sajiri step is really good against uh, a lot of stuff. The discard is so bad, though. Like, it's weird because I can't decide whether I want to leave it in. But this is 10 tutor effects, right? 11 counting the expedition map. And... Okay. Sorry, Phil, you can go ahead. Oh, no, I, mean, I was just going to say that I think that when it comes to Turbo Depths, because the deck is... it's It does... It has three things that it can do. So it disrupts... It has, a, it has disruption... It has combo pieces and it has tutors and that's it. It yeah. makes room for nothing else. So it gets to free roll some uh, lands that are you for as crop rotation targets. But outside of that, like this deck is mono four ofs and then it shaves here and there just to get down to sixty cards. Uh, so I don't think that this is the type of deck that just like one counter spell may buy you a turn. Or one piece of discard may buy you a turn. But like you said, 11 tutors, mono mana, 11 disruption effects that matter if, if you're playing against, um, if you're a wasteland plus counterspell deck, 11 pieces that matter if you are a fair deck that's trying to play on swords to plowshares. Like, I think you need the hard hate cards. I don't think that the, the generic, like, here's my disruption piece is going to get you very far. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. And it was it was just like I don't think you can beat the uh, diabolic edict is great, but they have safekeeper like they have safekeeper to get around it. This mm -hmm. one doesn't have uh, when we're looking at it doesn't have um, safekeeper just does does double duty. It stops all the tutors and it stops anything targeted, right? Including Caracas. Well, um, they can also like thought seize or duress you, and if they see that you have uh, uh, an edict, they can just take the thing that is matters to your game plan. And then just play around Edict. Like, yeah, they have right. 11 exactly. creatures that can just play around that card. And they can but, drop rotate in their Dried Arbor as well. So, yeah, the, you know, those 11, yeah. those 11 creatures, uh, you know, like, after board, become 16. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I would be on the watch for this deck. Edicts are fairly slim, I think. Because they can just cast an Elvish Spirit Guide and then combo off, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm talking out loud and saying, like, what would you... What, what is the best plan against this deck? Like... Well, now, granted, when I played in four rounds in a row that and lost all of them, like it's hard to see, like how does this deck ever lose? But you know, I was not beat. I was not set up to beat it. I had all discard as disruption and nothing really permanent base, and my combo was a turn slower. But um, you know, I, I usually I felt like Mentor was okay against it, but you have a lot to watch out for, I guess. And I really think yeah. you have to board out Cabal Therapy against it. This type of thing, like I. I... I'd be more curious to hear from somebody who's played turbo depths to like a very, very deep extent, but it, it's straight like in the times I I've never beaten a turbo decks deck, turbo depths deck where the deck didn't either shit out on them or I disrupted them once long enough to then kill them before they could rebuild because they're not like lands where they can just do it every single turn. Yeah. Right, and they're exactly. not also not like this deck doesn't even play life in the low main, right? It doesn't play life from the loan. Yeah, so you can you can I don't think indeed, at all. Oh wow, at all. 
So you can indeed like stop this deck and not have to worry about them like coming back later on. Like if you if you're able to uh you know wasteland their uh their uh dark depths in response to a thespian stage, like it might be a, a couple more turns till they find another one. Um, you know, you've yeah. got the tutors, of course, but like you can counter those. I should say that, yeah, that that's that's actually the thing to do. Like, if you can, if you wasteland is very good against them. Assume, assuming they don't play around it very well, or don't get a pithing needle down, and you draw it, and you're then you're playing like the wasteland waiting game a lot, yeah. right? Um, because they have a lot that they can do. They're not um, even playing the the disruption that the lands deck has of like wasteland ghost quarters. So like these both these decks look alike at, at times. But there's there's real real differences to these decks in that like lands will lock you out first. It'll make you have no lands in play, and then we'll combo off uh, with with dark depths. Whereas the, the hexmage depths decks don't do that. They just get it out as fast as possible and ask if you have it. And in doing yeah. that, they also try and pull off things like look at your hand, make sure you don't have anything, and then go off. Where where the lands deck doesn't care what's in your hand. They'll just make sure that you don't have any mana available to, to win the game yeah, yeah i should say like this deck is different hex turbo depths is a combo deck lands sure. is not yeah yeah and 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 it, whereas you you'll see these cards in the in in both these decks you may not know that there's that they're different decks initially until you play against them more than a couple of times to be very clear as well turbo depths is a dark depths combo deck that's very resilient which as an entire in its entirety costs half of what one card in lands costs yes <laughs> so i think that dark depths is a good strategy but in, you know and i and i would assume you would see a lot of lands but this deck is getting out of control price wise oh yeah like <laughs> yeah i mean six six grand is is a lot for a magic deck i mean the, yo the, tabernacle is on the cusp of hitting three thousand dollars yeah yeah it's 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 a very expensive magic card well, let's, do you see this did you see this yet phil i'm so happy Wait, about what? these Mox yeah. Diamond is what? For what? Yeah, it's it's a three hundred and thirty dollar magic card apparently now. I've that got mine. That can't be right. There's <laughs> that, what, what happened? Uh, look Someone at that little bunch of them. Look at that price I mean, spike. I'm looking at the price. Three hundred dollars. Three hundred and thirty dollars for a Mox Diamond. Yeah. Guys, got everybody. That's how, what are we doing, fam? What what are, <laughs> guys? What are we doing? Yeah. Why is why is Mox? Don't tell anybody. I want my kids to go to college with these Mox diamonds. I've got. Guys, what are we? <laughs> we as a community, what are we even doing? Yeah. yeah. What are we doing? We're not asking for the reserve list to be revoked often enough. Is apparently what's happening. They haven't had one of those discussions in a while. I think we need to put some pressure back on them to at least make that, them that, discuss that's that a discussion. <laughs> we, that, that's something that will just badger them forever. They're never getting rid of it. I, yeah. I, I agree, but I think it's important to to give them crap about it too. Why did Allurance spike? Because it's sweet. <laughs> I put Allurance up. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> Allurance are $55. $55 for a community. What are we even doing? Um, yeah, will you I tell mean, me what they're what they're selling those for at the Grand Prix? Because <laughs> I'd like to know. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's our snapshot of the meta, I think, that we've got this. We know what the death right decks are there, but we also I think these what we're seeing to prey on it is more miracles decks with red and more dark depths decks, dark depths decks, which I can never say. And I think these mono red decks are also going to be pretty popular. It's good. Oh, oh, guys, we missed this. There was a Karn oh. in the in the team open in the mono red deck. Huh? 
There you go. Two cards. Can I please know <laughs> if there are any other cards that are just absurd now? <laughs> Hold on. You're still caught up on that? <laughs> what other cards are just abs- just unbuyable at this point? What, what else am I missing here? Hold on. Let's see if I can find it for you. But why'd you talk about how right you were about Karn? Look, here's two of them right here. He cut a Chandra. Yeah, Karn is insane, and I'm upset about it. How about he's playing uh, Hazard the Fervent? Here, here you go, here you go. Yeah, Nether Void being $1,100, like, nobody cares. Nobody's actively trying to get these Nether Voids. How about this one? Decks. Oh, it's an unlimited underground. No, Candelabra is also not a thing. Mox, Di- Mox Diamonds 300. Uh, what? I just don't understand anything. Yeah. I mean, like, Guardian Beast, Serendip Jin got, like, bought out, like, a little while ago. People bought out, like, Mirror Universes and stuff. It's funny. People are buying out all these old-school staples that, like, they know won't see reprint. But, like, it, you know, it, all that's going to do is make it, like, make it a friendlier environment to play proxies in. Because old-school people don't necessarily care about the... Um, they just want like nice looking cards to show up, so people are going to be okay with people like going out and getting like the Chinese proxies of these cards, and being like, yeah, it's an open like proxy tournament because we want people to play the old school looking cards. Uh, I don't. I, just, I don't. Like, am, am, is there another? I, I fully accept that the old school players that want the most tricked out cards are going like the cards that are on the reserve list, the old school cards that are, you know, like you said, uh, like we're looking at Juzam Jin, all those cards. I understand like the collectability. I understand that they're never going to get reprinted because of the reserve list. Reserve list, I'm cool with in knowing that like those cards are just going to be the most expensive ever. Yeah. But like, guys, Lauren is $55. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, the, here's the thing: that's is like, about right. they, like that's the, what it should cost. The only Lauren should not cost fifty five dollars. <laughs> how much you think? Survi- how much you think survival of the fittest is? It's like seventy five dollars, maybe eighty dollars. So, how much do you think, Phil? How much do I think survival of the fittest is? Yeah, how much do you think it should cost? Twenty bucks. It should cost twenty bucks. I'm Tops. pretty sure it's like look, eighty bucks. Yeah, there look. you go. Yeah, eighty seven. What do you mean? <laughs> and and, 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 and the literally banned. unplayable in every format aside from vintage and it does it sees zero play in vintage people like counting vintage people people like it in commander i guess no it's obviously a great commander card i understand guys 87, 87 we need to have a talk <laughs> stop your buyouts stop it well, I mean, those I, are all... I've been waiting for this buyout on Alluren because it's a res- I was like, this is a reserveless card that is that is in a busted legacy deck. I mean, the, you know, I know you don't probably don't like it, but like, uh, it's a deck that can win and it's fun and it gets new toys all the time because they make they keep making creatures with total casting cost three or less. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I mean, everything that you're saying makes sense, and I get that my shock sh- is totally uncalled for because the, these types of things are inevitabilities. We've seen this pattern over and over and over again, but. I mean, come on, three hundred and thirty dollars for Mox Diamonds. I mean, you can still get a buy it now, I don't, right that's now not for twenty bucks place. on eBay. Well, Mox Diamond <laughs> is is reserved too, isn't it? Yeah, it is reserved. It is. Yeah, so that's not going down. No, that's it. Uh, well, it was already a hundred and something. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, whoa. Am I reading this right? Could you have gotten a Mox Diamond for seven dollars and fifty cents? Oh, it's online. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it was like uh, it was probably like forty dollars when I picked up mine. Yeah, my, it was, mine was either some some small amount like that, but yeah. 
And I remember thinking I should buy an 8. But, like, I never I never in my wildest dreams imagined I'd be looking at it for, for a moment $530. Or <laughs> $330. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was $530. Oh, it was $530. So you, yeah. you, were, you were at rehearsal all weekend. <laughs> Yesterday, it was $520. Yeah. I knew that wasn't going to be the case, but... So we'll see. We'll we'll have to we'll have to have an MTG finance episode soon just to talk about the state I of legacy. And, I don't want to. Well, I, not, I, not, not I clearly am not. To... I'm not built for that. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, moreover, I was I was talking about we could to, do to 45 about, minutes of uh, like budget decks and stuff like that. You know, like how to get into the format. Not so much what is the state of this ridiculous uh, money pit that we're all playing. Can we um, also I, take I, a look I, that ancient tomb? Is back up to fifty bucks a piece. Yeah, that's that's not un- it, totally insane. Uh, no, I'm saying we'll, we'll see a reprint of that soon. Up. Yeah. Well, how much is Wasteland? It's like forty bucks, right? Let's see how much a Tempest Wasteland is. I mean, I got a set of ports this this week. Thirty-five. For, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when Wasteland was a hundred-dollar card. Um, I I got a set of ports this weekend for a hundred dollars. It was great. I was like, oh my god, I just like great feeling. <laughs> I, I can now own, you know, four four uh, ports, and I, you know, didn't think that was going to be a thing that was going to happen for a very long time. Um, so, you know, we've got uh, next week. There's a uh, team trios event in uh, uh, what's it called in Baltimore, and I'm not going with a team. I'm going to play in some side events for the week. So I'm I'm kind of deciding between i'm obviously going to play uh the deck that i've been playing in uh, modern for a while but i'm I'm trying to decide what i want to do for legacy do i want to take rug or do i want to take miracles um you know what what is you know what what's my plan for for that week as far as i i mean i'm just going to jam side events all weekend long and try and like win boxes i guess boxes of dominaria (laughs) well i'm telling you like with rug it's so bizarre like there are times you play a deck, you're like, why do I ever play any other deck? And then sometimes you just lose. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, I, I played it in a league and I played in a weekly, so I played nine rounds and I went five and four. And the five wins felt amazing and the four losses were just miserable. <laughs> I feel like, go, um, well, going on that first day, you know, like, all the better players are going to have teams, right? So it's just going to be yeah. me jam- like me jamming games against like tier two tier three players hopefully so i i almost feel like rug is probably a good call because you can kind of outplay people on rug um but miracles is a deck that you can do that with too so i, I don't know I, i'm still kind of i mean i'm gonna bring well what we have more fun playing that's I, that, that might be the decision uh, here, yeah right? i mean i think it would probably be honestly miracles will probably be more fun to play i, I got a question hmm, go for it is the card cryptic servant at all playable it, no, and let me let me let's have yeah. a let's talk about rug for a second. I I love Cryptic Serpent. This is a this is the kind of card I love, and I actually would love it in rug. Except that tell us tell mana, us what it is. It, tell people what it is. Cryptic Serpent six six blue blue. Uh, it is a six five, and it says Cryptic Serpent costs one less to cast for each instant sorcery card in your graveyard. Here's the problem with Cryptic Serpent. Well, the big one is Pyroblast. Yeah, but even then, oh, it's five. It's five blue blue. It's not six blue blue. Sorry. Um, the problem is the two mana, and I really and I really believe this. Um, I really like hooting mandrels because I can play it and I can hold up spell pierce. And if I'm in a position where I'm casting hooting mandrels, spell pierce or spell snare is probably still really good. Um, and I want to make sure that's up, even versus tarmogoyf, like. 
tapping two lands like if you're if you're playing the rug game plan and you're 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 rugging out at like the right level you have two lands in play and they have nothing and you've got cards in hand that can interact with them right just like being able to put a four four down for one mana is actually really strong I mean, I should, I should, you know, the person who's ranted about Gurmagangler should know that. Yeah. But, like, it's honestly, it's the two <laughs> mana more than anything. Like, it's, I, even with Tarmogoyf, I'm like, eh, Tarmogoyf, that's two. And, like, Cryptic Serpent's two. True Name Nemesis in Rug is, like, a one-of in my main deck, one-of in my sideboard. And even then, like, it's... It's, it's a it's, necessary evil in the deck It's right a necessary now. evil, and I wouldn't say that I don't want it... I want it as a get-out-of-jail-free card, not as a everything's-going-right card. Whereas Hooting Mandrels is a, hey, everything's working out for me. Let me just put down this thing, and then we'll just take it, we'll just get it to the garage from here, right? Yeah. Like, maybe you've traded off, like, a Delver with something of theirs, um, or, uh, you've, you know, you've, bol- you've killed a couple of their things, you've wastelanded them, stifled them. Like, being able to hold up interaction on two lands in Rug is really good. Um, and that was, ba- that's basically how I, why I like Hooting Mandrels. Um, and what I found when I was playing it, at, you know, last week for a while, just like, man, it just feels so good. And the other thing is, it fights with uh, Nimble Mongoose, but if you really think about it, if you have a Mongoose out and it is the right decision to add to the board, you're really just adding two power to the board. And that's, that's best, you know, that's like worst case scenario, you're adding two power to the board. Um, because you take a 3-3 three, three and make it a 1-1 one, one, and add 4-4, four, four, so you go from 3-5. Yeah, yeah. to five. Um, but even then, like I, I've had, I've cast a hooting mandrels and still had seven cards in my graveyard. I've cast two hooting mandrels on consecutive turns <laughs> and you know, that's usually enough <laughs> to get you there. Yeah, no, um, I, I think that the, the main, the main problem with cryptic serpent, aside from the fact that it costs two mana is that it's another target for source of plowshares as well as pyroblast. And so that what you're trying to do with that deck is like brick your opponent's removal when you're playing cards like Nimble Mongoose and uh, Trinity Nemesis. And so this is just another threat that like your opponent like just goes, eh, my one mana to your to your two mana, it's gone. You know? So yeah, the fact that you can't pyroblast Hooting Mandrels is a, is a tiebreaker, right? Yeah. 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 But that's 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 uh that's forty five seconds on rug. But I mean <laughs> to me the deck is to me the deck I I, I sometimes just like I I don't feel like any matchup that it has is particularly worse than it ever has been. Like, especially depending on, but you can, I mean, uh, I feel like I've cut down, you cut down the amount of threats to like 10 or 11 rather than 12. Um, and you play more one mana interaction uh, in the, you know, with more spell pierces, more spell snares. And, you know, uh, braid pulling double duty is a nice card to have that's been printed. I mean, it's gotten a little bit of, it's gotten, a little bit of love. Um, the Deathrite Shaman decks, like, just gotta kill it, and that's just how it is, but, you know, you've got usually six to eight ways to kill it, and uh, I beat I beat Grixis Delver the couple times I played it, and I lost a check pile, but the, you know what I lost to a check pile? Leovold. I didn't lose the Deathrite. Yeah. <laughs> like, I killed their Deathrite, and then they just, like, make a land, make a Baleful Strix, which I couldn't attack through, so that would slow me down, and then the next turn was Leovold, and then I was really in trouble. Like, if you can't stop Leovold from hitting the table, um, it's really bad for you. And that's that's a tough card to beat. Uh, and he drew runner-runner Leovold <laughs> so, yeah. in, in game three, and that was basically what beat me. It wasn't runner-runner Deathrite. It wasn't, you know, any of these other horrifying cards. You know, just Leovold 
when I had a spell pierce, you know, which doesn't kill it, which doesn't stop it. So, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's pretty good. It's just the other, the, the, the matchups that are usually bad for it are still bad for it. You know, elves, you know, Eldrazi decks, you know, just Eldrazi is not the worst, but uh, yeah. I guess it comes down to what I expect to see in this tournament. And, and I'm hoping just jank weird weird bad decks and rug generally does good against weird bad decks <laughs> like, you say that but i lost the tin fins yeah i mean and it was well yeah and it's reanimator is a tough deck to, to beat yeah. because if they resolve it you literally have no way to deal with uh their their giant monster and the soft counters are not nearly as good against decks with dark ritual like if they you have to counter a dark ritual but there's if we could go on a Grizzlebrand rant again, but it's just because Grizzlebrand is so insane that they just, they even if they spew out their hand to get Grizzlebrand out, they just draw seven. Yeah. So, like, it's not like when you stop Storm, you know, and they don't have anything in their hand. When you stop these reanimator decks, they still have stuff in their hand. Well, I guess so. it'll be a game day decision for me then. Uh, so, uh, before we, we go on uh, too, too much further, I should uh, we should stop and talk about one of our sponsors. Uh, specifically, I think Phil Phil has some stuff to say about one of our sponsors this week. Yeah, guys, so Audible.com. You need to sign up for Audible.com, get some books, do some listening of those audiobooks, and the first one that you can get is one that just came out. It's called Portal World, and it's narrated by yours truly. And if you use your Audible link that will be in our show notes and get Portal World... You will not only be supporting Eternal Dirtles, but you'll be supporting me as an audiobook narrator, and you'll also get a fun adventure. Yeah, I, I actually downloaded it last week, and it's a, it's a pretty sweet book. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then I will, by this time next month, there will be another book. So I'm just going to keep uh, plugging these books away at you until you're all listening to all of the books all of the time feeling super educated and super in the know about reading more books more often. That way, when you play magic, you never have to go, man, I need to read more, but I also want to play magic. Now you can listen to a book and play magic. (laughs) I do. Yeah, I do. uh, Like, you know, as far as what what I do with audible, um, I have a, a uh, Amazon Alexa. So I use it to uh, listen to audio books when I'm sleeping uh, not like when I'm sleeping, but to help to help me go to sleep, and then I I use it while I'm doing like work through the house throughout the day, and then at work I'm listening to books as well, and I go between like going with sci-fi books and going with like the great courses. Uh, so like right now I'm I'm checking out a book, uh, an audio book for the great courses that's about late antiquity, which is like basically like post-Christianity Rome, uh, and so that's that's super interesting. And like the last one I got was about all all of the popes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like you can get a lot of really cool, uh, really cool information off of, off of the books. But on top of that, like you know, you can go, you can be be a brainiac, or you can go and just like, you know, download Dune or something like that. So you you know, you get a pretty good idea of, uh, you know, the stuff that you can do as far as entertainment from Audible, and I, it's it's a resource that I use pretty constantly. And the cool part at the end of the day is that. If you go through us to sign up for Audible, then you're helping out the cast a lot. And that, yeah. that's sweet. Uh, so, yeah, next order of business. Do we have a next order of business? No, I was going to say, like, <laughs> unless we have another sponsor we got to talk about, it, I think we could cut it off there yeah. because 
short week, and Phil and I both have travel, and it's late on the East Coast. Oh yeah. And if you if if anybody has uh, any particular takes that you think is going to show up for the London GP, a la what has shown up more uh, historically at European GPs, like should we expect a higher influx of storm? Essentially, like give us the feedback of what you anticipate a European GP will look like as compared to the one that was in Seattle. Yeah. Do we think any of the numbers are going to change on what's going to turn out? Uh, I will definitely take that to heart and uh, sculpt my deck accordingly based on the, the feedback that you guys give as well. So if you guys want to give us a bunch of fake information so that Phil... Uh... <laughs> 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 it's a real yeah, if you salty... want to see me burn out, that way I can just come on here and tilt. Yep. Let's, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's everybody that, uh... play. Everybody play Mox Diamonds, Allurans, and. Uh... Yo, you want to know why I don't have to worry about Mox Diamonds and Allurans as much anymore? Because nobody can afford them because they're ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. That's. I think that's. That's it for the cast. If you guys uh follow us on uh, uh Patreon uh, we thank you for your support. Uh. And uh. Yeah. I think. I think that's it. Right, guys. T-shirts? Oh yeah, we've got T-shirts. We've got T-shirts again. I'll I'll put the li uh, link down down below for the T-shirts as well. So. Yo, the T-shirts look dope. I'm I'm pretty happy with mine. I got I got mine in last week, and I I'll be rocking it at uh at uh Baltimore. Great. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Have a good one, guys. Bye, everybody. Stop! Stop! Animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our go. Keeping up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternal dirtles and they'll hook you up with a free book and you'll be supporting the show thanks so much